Hope you all are having a great day. Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. Our second edition of the 2024 NFL Draft Positional Rankings is coming out right here, right now, uh, today. Second edition, and the second time we are covering two position groups in one episode. And the final time. It will also time. be the last Thank time. God. Thank it God. It will be the last time. I know it's tough looking at like 15 dudes in a seven-day span, basically. Pause. Um, yeah, I mean. Pause. Evaluating, guys. Um, Pause. On the field. <laughs> Pause. Thank you. On the field. On the field. Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we did uh, this this time around. We had inside linebackers and running backs, two positions that often go up against each other, where it's, whether it's at the point of attack or in coverage. Um, two position groups that are also pretty different. I think going into it, we thought they'd be a little bit more similar in, ter- in terms of, you know, the quality of class in this draft. But, um, you know, after looking at it and look, going and in, diving in a little deeper into the class, I think inside linebackers really isn't great. Um, I think at the end of the day, there's a couple guys, probably four guys that get taken on day two, but I don't know. And then I think the running back class for me was at least like a sneaky good class. It doesn't have any like top talents like we saw last year in Bijan and Jameer Gibbs, but uh, there's some really talented backs that all have different skill sets, different levels of experience, um, different, you know, amounts of production and, you know, uh, workloads. So I think it's a really diverse class that offers a lot of different, um, like I said, skill sets from different conferences. And I think it's going to be pretty fun to dive into. But yeah, I think uh, we talked about it. We're going to start off with linebackers. I'll have you give us one of the linebackers that didn't make your list. Yeah, so let's see. Um, quick overview. Uh, I'm with you. I've got, I've only got two guys here I would take on, on day two. Um, the rest I, I would spend day three picks on. Um, uh, maybe three. There's there's probably three guys I would say, okay, like I can get it, take them on day two. Um, one of them being pretty later, much a little later on day two. Thought – the linebackers last year had a little more juice, if you will. Like, for example, like I didn't love Dayon Henley or Trenton Simpson, but those guys went on day three, actually back-to-back picks. But they, but they were drafted as guys with like, hey, they had some juice, who could be good special teamers, yada yada yada, whatever, right? Like, so I don't know if the guys on day two necessarily have the juice those guys do. Um, and I don't think there's nearly the, like, like there's not a Drew Sanders or a Jack Campbell in this class by any means. Like, I don't think any of the, like, any of these guys are that good. So I, I don't even know if these guys get drafted that high, to be honest with you. Um, that said, a guy that I watched, um, let's see, I think I watched, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, watched like six and a half, seven, uh, guys on tape this week, um, Look, the first guy that I watched, um, Tommy Eichenberg out of Ohio State, that did not make my top five. Thought he was a solid run defender um, for you know for the position. I, I'll, I'll caveat this by saying like there's not that many good linebackers in college football anymore. Um, it's hard to kind of come by, and guys can be solid on tape, but go like he's just not an NFL player. The way he takes on blocks, the way he phys- physically plays through the point of contact, yada yada yada. But it's also like. 
hey, does this guy play with really good instincts? He's also part of it. Um, thought Tommy played with decent instincts. Thought he was a solid run defender. Um, just at the end of the day, didn't think he was a good enough pass defender and a guy in coverage to be able to make my top five. Um, but again, 8.7 missed tackle rates, really, really solid. So I like that from him. Um, just feel like he was an average taker on of taker on of blockers, if that's a, a right phrase. And again, not phenomenal in coverage. So that's kind of what not what I knocked him for the most. Yeah, it's funny because Tommy Eichenberg is my, was my first up as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, he's six two two thirty nine, which is about average across this class. Uh, he's a little bit older. He's going to be 23 and a half by the time they hit training camp. So one of the older guys. And from those older guys, you look for basically their experience to show in their game. And for him, it just didn't really correlate. Um, you know, go to Ohio State right around the corner from where he grew up in Cleveland. Um, I think I mean, he didn't have a bad year. It's just a lack of production overall on a defense that didn't have, you know, a ton of great guys. They had some good players, but not as many as you would think from Ohio state squad, um, 80 tackles, a sack and a forced fumble, um, no passes, defensed, no picks, um, no fumble recoveries. I noticed that he got to the ball before blockers got to him sometimes, which proved to me that he did have good instincts. Um, I thought he was well built and had like a pro ready frame, um, more of an old school off ball linebacker frame, but he didn't really need, I don't think he needs to change that at the next level. Um, he had good pursuit and, you know, size and athleticism I thought was fine. Uh, he was a pretty fluid mover, but when he got to the point of attack, he wasn't like as violent as you would think. Uh, the tackling form wasn't great at times. And when he does rush the passer, whether it be off the edge or, you know, A or B gap, he doesn't really get to the QB. And then diagnosing, um, you know, the gaps that the running backs are shooting when he is when it's a run play. It's just, just a little slow processing when he's trying to see, like, what gap he needs to fill and stuff like that. So just ball location, really, I guess you can call it, um, in terms of, you know, where to go. So probably round four or five guy. At the end of the day, um, going into it, I didn't really know what to think of him, but definitely not on my top five. My other guy, I'll preface this by saying I did not get to Peyton Wilson. I know. Uh, I think he won like the Chuck Bednarik award yeah. and he's a, you know, he's a bigger guy, older guy that I think has been at NC state for a while. I did not get to him. I will get to him, but he is not in my rankings. Um, just going into it in case anyone's wondering why he didn't even make the list. Um, but my other guy that did not make my top five was Notre Dame's Maris Liafu. That's my other, that's my other guy. Okay. So that's my other guy. Cool. He, he honestly, Another guy that I didn't really know what to expect because Notre Dame, you know, they've had some good linebackers in the past. Um, you know, recently they had, um, forgetting his name, but they also had Jeremiah Joe, yeah, Joe, I, was, I was thinking of JOK right off the top. Yeah. I think there was another guy. I can't remember, though. And then, anyway, back to Marist. Um, he's a Hawaiian from Kalihi, Hawaii. Um, six foot two, 235, basically the same size as Eichenberg, but didn't really look as filled out. Um, he has the same age as Eichenberg as well. Um, I think they were born like within a couple of weeks of each other. Maris spent all three seasons at Notre Dame. So, uh, I believe a true junior, he didn't play a ton freshman year, but just overall not great production this year on a defense that 
didn't have a ton of guys you would you would expect him to kind of elevate his game and you know play up to the competition as they had a pretty tough schedule this year um but only 44 tackles three sacks a forced fumble and a fumble recovery and a pass defense no picks i thought overall he had a good feel for space and timing while in coverage i thought his coverage skills were fine uh better than some other better than some other guys in this class his closing speed was pretty good and he was a lateral mover i noticed um you know it could change direction fairly quick i noticed that he wasn't great off the edge and he didn't diagnose runs very well similar to eichenberg like i said smaller frame he could gain some muscle but probably a, you know another round four or five guy yeah, I mean, like you said, decent. Uh, you you hit it hit it all pretty well. Um, the big thing that I'll that I'll also point out, um, 19% missed tackle rate per PFF, uh, not great. Um, not something you love to see. Again, they they only credited him with 29 solo tackles and 14 assisted tackles. So again, getting pretty close to what was it? You had 44. So that's what 43 total tackles. Um, that they have Matt Silva gets one less than than what you had. Um, and then 10 missed tackles. At an 18% rate or 19% rate's not not great, um, especially at a line. Listen, if that's at like a corner or a, like a, like a corner, maybe a free safety. Like I'm a little less worried because you've got so many less tackle attempts. But when you're a linebacker, you got it's got to be a little bit better there. Um, no touchdowns allowed, no ints, like you said. Uh, two forcing completions, 90% completion percentage isn't great. Although I thought he moved well in coverage. Also, like, at least I thought he moved at least a little bit well in coverage, and he showed some solid like a route recognition for a linebacker if you like out of the backfield stuff and only 11 targets. So guys on weren't always open against him, which is solid. It's just, you know, um, like a couple more PBUs getting to the ball, um, that kind of thing. Again, though, like you said, not a top five player for me either. Again, probably a round five guy, um, special teamer probably as well. But again, just a little disappointing on tape for sure. Um, gets my number five guy. Get uh, let me pull up his numbers here. We got Cedric Grad of North Carolina, kind of number five for me. Six foot two, 235 pounds, senior. Um, played almost 800 snaps this year, over 800 snaps this year, um, which is a lie. We played a lot. We played almost every defensive snap for them. Um, overall, a pretty solid, solid run defender, um, solid pass defender. Just an overall, I would say. The thing was like with, with Cedric Gray, I didn't, I didn't think he was really, really good at anything, but I thought he was like pretty solid at a bunch of stuff, um, which kind of I felt about a lot of these guys, to be honest. Didn't really, the thing that didn't stand out to me was like none of these guys were like, oh, man, this guy's really good at this. Right. Um, so I didn't think Cedric, again, was bad. It was like categorically, categorically bad at anything. I just didn't think he stood out in a ton of ways. Um, you know, like, yeah, I have the top. I think it's a really good. You know, I don't swear, but like a really good X player, right? Like he's a really good this player or that player. Like he was solid there. Um, didn't didn't really think Gray stood out in any particular way. Um, 13 coverage stops is solid. A pick is solid. Um, I'll take that. 49 targets, but a 69% completion percentage isn't great either. Um, so again, not not a not a phenomenal uh, player uh, at at the catch point in coverage, but um, generally like I, like I said, looked decent in coverage. Um, Appeared to move well with 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 the, with offensive players and um, thought he recognized again out of the backfield routes solidly uh, well and then four four forced incompletions I thought was solid um, getting his hands on the ball trying to get kind of in the way of of of, of offensive players and receivers so um, solid there and again guy who 
80 tackles, 31 assisted tackles is solid. Um, missed 19, so 14.6% is not, not great, but it's not horrible either. Um, again, just kind of a solid linebacker. Again, probably a round five guy, though. So. Yeah, I agree. I like Cedric Gray. He was my number four guy. Um, round four, I had him from Charlotte, uh, 6'3", 235. He's 21 and a half at the time of the draft, so one of the younger guys, um, the youngest one that we've mentioned thus far. Spent all four years at UNC. He had a lot of production in the last three years where he averaged 121 tackles a season. So it's uh, it's good to see when you you know, you know have a guy on a lesser defense step up and make a name for himself, fill the stat sheet. He had one of the best stat lines of any linebacker. Like I said, uh, this past season he had 121 tackles, five sacks, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, a pick, and four passes defensed. Um, you know, a lot of production, plenty of reps and coverage and in the box. Um, he was a really good athlete. I thought he was instinctive and rangy. He played pretty big, uh, which is not as common with this class. Uh, he's pretty solid on the edge as well. Um, you know, mainly against the run. He could, you know, contain, uh, keep contained pretty well. Um, he shed blocks well and he had pretty good acceleration. I noticed. In terms of a true pass rusher, he wasn't great. Um, he did have five sacks, but, it, you know, some of them were just broken plays where he got home and then uh, a couple were a gap. But off the edge as a pass rusher, um, not great in terms of uh, versatility and then not as violent as you would like was the main other thing. Uh, similar to Eichenberg, just kind of lacked that tenacity that you look for in a, you know, middle linebacker. Another, another theme of the class, didn't think a lot of these guys were that tenacious, like you mentioned. Um, at least the theme of the class. So go ahead and take uh, – who's your number five? My number five is Jalen Ford. Okay. Didn't get to Ford. That was the guy that you had that I didn't get to. Did not did not watch Jalen Ford. Yeah, so Jalen Ford out of Texas. He was a redshirt junior, I think, this year. So four seasons, all of them were at UT. Uh, he's from Frisco, which is about three hours up the road from campus. Uh, six foot three, 242. A little bit older, 22 and a half at the time of the draft. He had a monster 2022 season, um, you know, better defensive guys, better linebacker group that year. Um, kind of took a step back this season, but still had a pretty good year. 101 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, two picks and two passes defensed. I noticed that um, he was a little smaller than, you know, his height and weight would indicate. Uh, I noticed he was quick with good closing speed. He was a really high effort guy and was handsy. Uh, could get off blocks pretty easily. He was physical, and that's in part due to, you know, getting off blocks, showing good physicality uh, in the run game, downhill. Uh, good awareness and good tackling for him. In terms of weaknesses, his vision, eye discipline. I uh, thought he'd get caught looking in the backfield too often and, uh, you know, be late to a play, and pursuit angles weren't the best, so that would almost take him out of the play. Um, he struggled making tackles when change, while changing direction. So he, unless he was like squaring up a runner or a ball carrier, um, he would have trouble, you know, making that solo tackle and then change of direction for middle linebacker. You're, middle linebacker in this day and age, you want them to have good change of direction. It, just, it wasn't quite what I thought it was from the, from some other guys, but probably around four, maybe around five guy. But I liked him. Yeah, four to next on my list. Um, that was who I was uh, was getting to. 
following uh, I forget who I watched last. It may have been Eichenberg, or maybe it was Gray who I watched last. I don't know. I know that Ford was my next guy up on the list. So um, I'll go with my number four here. Go uh, Peyton Wilson out of NC State. Guy who won the Benderick Award for best linebacker in the country. He had a, mo- he made a monster year. Um, his stats, real quick. 92 total tackles, 31 assisted tackles, uh, three picks, no touchdowns allowed. So well, had a, a phenomenal coverage. I think that's where he excels is in coverage. Um, being six foot four, 240 pounds, he's pretty rangy at the position. I think he's going to be a good, really good testing athlete. My reason for having him so his on-field play is not why I have him at four. The the reason I have him at four is because there's some injury concerns. And um, he's missed a lot of time, and he's had a couple of serious injuries in college, that, namely in his third year in college, he had a, a, a pretty bad injury. Um, and the, kind of the word is like there will be some teams that don't have him on draft boards, given the medicals. And that happens every year. So again, we don't have medicals. If he goes to the, now, I will say like Peyton Wilson's a guy who could easily go from four to two if he goes and passes medicals and passes, or maybe even one, if he passes medicals has a really good senior bowl. Uh, Cause I do believe he's going, um, let me check. I don't use this when I have the pot up. It's when I'm uh, looking at, cause usually what I do, full disclosure, when I'm looking guys, when I have, we're doing the pot, I open up the PFF draft board so I can click on their, their profile and like view their stats. Then view them in premium if I want to real quick. Um, there's another draft site that I'll look at sometimes. Yeah. Okay. He's just cause so, uh, mock draft database, NFL mock draft database, they have a consensus big board. So it shows you kind of where the main, where media is sits on them as a consensus kind of holistic view. And it's got a little senior bowl logo next to them if they're playing the senior bowl. Um, Peyton Wilson is, which is good. That's the thing I really wanted to see. I, I kind of forgot because I watched these guys a few days ago before I got sick. Um, yeah, so Peyton Wilson goes to the Senior Bowl, looks really good there, and then we get good news about the medicals. Peyton Wilson is a good one for me. It's not like his talent; he's of the same talent or better of, of the guys ahead of him. I just a it's the age, b it's well, it's like hey, how much better is this guy getting as a linebacker? Two, what are the medicals? Because I don't know, and I'm not. It's it's a it's a big uncertainty for me. So that said, he's a really great story. He's a really high character character guy. I mean, he had a really good year, so. Um, obviously won the Benderick Award, great in coverage. Like I said, three picks is really, really awesome. Only a 4.7 missed tackle rate. Missed six tackles all year is on as many tackle attempts as he had and tackles as he got is is, is also phenomenal. So, um, again, really good numbers. Just, hey, like, how's he going to look from a medical standpoint? So, um, yeah, Peyton Wilson's a four for me. Could easily jump anywhere between three to one if he gets the all clear and looks good at the senior bowl too. Against again, other listen, they didn't play he didn't play Florida State this year. So they didn't really get to see the best offense in the in in the uh in the in the conference. So um, the schedule wasn't great. So that's another thing like, I want to see him get some top competition one on one and then um again get the medicals cleared. So guy guy who has the most to gain in the next three weeks for me is, is Peyton Wilson for sure. So don't 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 be surprised if he's moving up the board in, in a few weeks. And we have that little talk on the pod in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I think when I get to him, um, you know, probably this week before we get to our next position group, which we will mention at the end of the episode, 
Um, when I do, I think I think he'd be three or four for me. I honestly don't know because um, I know we feel different about some guys. I like I had Cedric Gray at four. You had him at five. I had Jalen Ford. You didn't get to him. Um, but yeah, I think overall we've looked at pretty much all the same guys outside of that. Now remaining, we each have our top threes. Um, I believe they're also the same three guys. I just don't know the order. Uh, Probably will be. I think these are most. These are a lot of people's top three with Peyton Wilson thrown in there. I think our top yeah, fours I mean, are pretty. It's a pretty. I think it's a clear top four in this class. Put it that way. I. Uh, I just. I didn't really look at any big boards or haven't done any mock drafts yet. So this is pretty much just my own opinion outside of a couple of things that people put on Twitter and, you know, somewhat affect your opinion. But at the end of the day, I try to keep it as, you know, objective as possible. Um, I think these three guys all have different strengths. They're all, um, you know, played on vastly different defenses and project differently in the pros. So it'll be interesting to see how we um, not only rank them, but distinguish one from the other. Uh, but my number three is Michigan's junior Colson um, from Brentwood, Tennessee. He's 6'3", 247. He's a, he's a young guy, though. Um, you know, he's going to be 21 and a half when he gets drafted. All three seasons he did spend at Michigan. And I think he's like an old school linebacker. Like, he just seems pro ready, but can still improve at, like, important things. Um, this This past season... He had 95 tackles with two passes defense. So he didn't really load the stat sheet, um, but that defense had a lot of great players on it. Um, really hard you know, to with that front, too. Also, that, yeah, that I mean, a lot really of the good. times, you know, runs wouldn't get to him. And then, obviously, passes. I don't think – I mean, while he was pretty good in not, – not necessarily pretty good in coverage, but good in pursuit, um, that's mainly a lot of where his tackles would come in the zone runs – um you know the stuff to the sidelines i mean rarely some of those tackles would come in the box but you'd be surprised at how many really were not um i thought his run def run defense was definitely one of his strengths in part of me giving him like an old school label um pretty instinctive he kind of looked for contact but surprisingly agile in like his movements his tackling was really solid uh, but the form of his tackling wasn't great um i think you can you know polish that up to make him more of a sure tackler at the next level. And then, like I mentioned with pursuit, his closing speed was pretty solid. The one thing is he can be over aggressive, kind of over pursue some things. Um, you know, it still slows the runners down, but he, he's not the one credited with the tackle. Um, and sometimes he doesn't get off blocks too easily. I know when li like linemen work up to him, I think he had some trouble occasionally work getting off blocks. Uh, that could be in part due to, you know, not recognizing where the ball is quick enough. I think that would have helped with that. Just being, um, he's instinctive, but not overly decisive, if that makes sense. He just runs with a plan and goes with it and doesn't really look at the entire bigger picture of the play. And he wasn't great in coverage in terms of sticking with a guy and man. Um, but that's what you expect from most linebackers, but he probably around three or four guy. I did really like him. I think he's, you know, kind of has a skill set of his own in this draft class. And I think teams will be really attracted to that. So I could see him going up boards, but probably around three guy. Got him at two. So very similar 
Um, I thought Colson, like you said, run defense was definitely, I thought his strong suit, um, definitely on the same page there with you. Um, thought he, thought he did a good job as when blockers were approaching him, especially on the, I thought he did really good when he got outside, when he got running outside the tackle box, because I thought he was at his best, again, attacking outside zone plays, swing passes. Well, I think another thing that I think he does the best of anyone in this class is identifying underneath and especially like swing passes, screen plays. He blew up a, a number of swing plays and screen passes out to his side of the field. Uh, Michigan moved them around a little bit. They put, they kind of moved ahead of him in the box as a traditional linebacker. Those side would, they'd widen him out. Like whenever a running back, like against Penn state running back would be out wide and five wide. He'd be the one to follow the running back out. Right. And if they were man coverage, um, had him come off the edge sometimes. Didn't love him as a pass rusher. Um, I do think he is 100% an old school, like box linebacker, um, off ball, run defense linebacker. He's solid. But again, I guess a junior got a lot of time to learn how to be better in coverage. Um, and I think he can. I just again, it's not his strong suit. Um, I think he hit the nail on the head. Uh, also, really good tackler. Four percent missed. 4.7% missed tackle rate is another thing with him. Like you said, form wasn't always great, but again, tena- I did think he was tenacious. He had some good tenacity. Um, kind of a theme with all three of the guys we're going to talk about. I think they all play with really good tenacity and and um, a lot of fieriness to their game. But again, just I felt like – also, I thought Junior Colson came up big when Michigan needed him to. Hey, I had a nose for the big play. Uh, and so, like, I think against Washington, he had a play late where – he ducked up and under a blocker on the outside, getting to a stretch play or like a swing pass. And um, it was a huge, it was a huge play, huge stop. And it's like, man, that's, mm-hmm. he's got a nose for that kind of stuff. He's got a nose for the ball. So um, liked him a lot. Again, had him at number two, but uh, I guess I liked him a lot for this class. Um, he's the guy I'd probably take round three-ish, um, maybe early round four if he was there on the board. Probably wouldn't take him in two, though. Just because I don't, I don't like, yeah. I, I He's got a lot to learn as a coverage player, right? And he can. Yeah. And just, I don't know. If, I'm not taking a linebacker in round two that I can't stick out there from play one and go, you're you're on the field every single snap. That To me, that's not worth taking in round two. Depending on the class, it may fall away. I just I think this class is good enough to not take one of these guys in round two, if that makes sense. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. So, so I'll go with my guy at three, which was Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Um. Don't know if he's your gonna be your two or your one. Um, I like I like Jeremiah a lot though. He's a really good player. Um, NFL bloodlines. I thought he had the best instincts of the class. Thought he played with the most instinctual linebacker mindset, right? Like I that well, I thought Colson was like you said an old school linebacker. I think Trotter plays a little bit more old school, but he's got a little more coverage instincts. That it's what I that's what I like a little more about his game. Um, a little undersized though. He's six foot. He's only six feet tall. He's 230 pounds. I think he could stand to lose a few pounds and get a little faster. So that's something I like to see him do. So again, he goes and tests and lose some weight and, and runs really well. He'll jump ahead of Colson for me potentially, right? So there's some things that I want to see you guys do in the, in the pre-draft process that could help them elevate their games and kind of pass one another. Um, but he had a really good year. Uh, got better every 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 year at Clemson. Um, just kind of the tape. Three-year starter for them. Uh, well, I guess two-year starter. He didn't start his first year at Clemson as a freshman, but he, I believe he saw the field. Um, Barrett Carter was there. Obviously, Trenton Simpson 
and then I'm gonna for and I'm gonna forget um who's the guy they got they they the white guy white linebacker they had he started he was a story he was like a like a fifth fourth or fifth year senior in 2021 maybe even like a fifth year guy um. I don't oh, know, like Skalski or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Skalski or whatever his last name was. He yeah. was there in 2021. So, uh, and then Simpson was there. So I don't think Barrett Carter or Trotter saw a ton of reps. Now that I think about it. Um, but two-year starter uh, was an All-American in 2022. I believe he was an All-American again this year. Um, I don't have that pulled so. up in front of me. Um, but he was he was by some outlet an All-American again. Um, I think statistically may have had a better year last year, just given the like just given the Clemson defense was better last year. But I thought on tape he looked uh, a little more developed this year for sure, a little more filled out definitely. Which again I think he could maybe tone that back a hair, but whatever. Um, no, I think he's the most instinctual player in the class. Plays with a lot of fire. Um, you can clearly tell he's got NFL bloodlines, and that's part of why I have faith in him to get better too. Is that uh, he he's a guy who I know I've seen that I mean his dad was a, an absolute stud in the NFL and I think Trotter can get better and again you like you see he's not always great in coverage but you see it like it's like he it's clicking for him in coverage right like he's he's instinctually getting to the place he needs to get to I think um, and while it's not always pretty for Trotter like he can get there um, and it's not like I'm not gonna hold the shortcomings against because he's got a lot of room to grow that said. He's got to get better taking on blockers sometimes. Got to get better taking on blockers. And that's why I have Colson ahead of him, because I think Colson, I, I do think, takes on blockers a little bit better, and I think plays. He's not a better trying to make him sound like a bad linebacker. 60% missed tackle rate's another one for me, why he's behind Colson. Um, can get better there at finishing tackles. Again, tackling form seems like an issue with, with every NFL prospect nowadays. Um, part of that's rules of the NFL. Like the NFL's putting guys in position, whatever, different conversation. Um, but again, it's all there for Jeremiah Trotter. It's just he's got to be able to put the the technique together a little bit better sometimes. But again, instinctually, I think he's the best instinctually in this class. So, um, yeah, I do. I'm a big fan of. I like Jeremiah Trotter, the junior, the personal lot. He's a really good guy. People rave about him at Clemson, um, so I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, and I think that's a commonality in that linebacker room. You have, like we said, Skalski, who, you know, wasn't a pro, but he was a, you know, a true, like, college football player. I think he kind of helped get Trenton Simpson, you know, Barrett Carter, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. to where they are today and really helped, you know, kind of groom them into being not only the next, you know, great Clemson linebackers, but to be good pros both on and off the field. And I think, I mean, Trenton Simpson's, great off the field, uh, comes from a military background. And then we see similar with Jeremiah Trotter and, you know, how good of a guy he is. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he is in the next level. I'll touch on Trotter. He is my number two linebacker. Um, so I'll try to say kind of what you did. And he's from Haynesport, New Jersey, six foot two thirty, um, 21 and four months at the time of the draft. So he just turned 21. He's the youngest linebacker in the draft, which is, which plays to his favor uh, because like you said, he just needs more development. Um, I, I put in here that he's going to need a year, uh, maybe two to like really see what you have in him. 
more so than other guys. He spent all three of his seasons at Clemson and really good production these past two years. His stats for this past year were 87 tackles, five and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, two picks, and five passes defensed. I noticed he had a high motor. Uh, his speed and burst were great, and he was pretty well put together. Um, pursuit was pretty good, and he was good in space, quick on his keys, like you said, instinctive, um, and overall pretty agile. I noticed that his like his motor somewhat dies at the point of attack. He doesn't really keep his feet moving. He looks for that big hit. Um, and I notice he's not that versatile. You can't move him around a ton. Um, he's not great in coverage. He's not great as a blitzer. And his under his undersized frame, uh, while he is like put together, he's still six foot. Undersized frame will likely lead to him being strictly off the ball with occasional, you know, a gap, b gap blitzes. But I don't. I think you're hardly going to ever see, you know, teams bring him off the edge. Um, a team that drafts him likely is going to look for him to start in year two with good safeties um, on the defense already. Uh, probably round three, round four guy. I just don't know how teams are going to view this linebacker class stacked up against other classes that are really talented. I think the linebacker class is a bottom of three class in this draft, so it'll be interesting to see how teams value that um, or, you know, sh- if they share that sentiment or not on the lack of talent in this class. But that leads to us, I'm assuming, having the same number one guy um, I will hit mine first. Um, so my number one guy is Texas A&M's Ezrin Cooper. I've seen him for about three or four months now. Um, I can't remember. I think it was an Arkansas game that they played, um, A&M, and it just Ezrin Cooper was like elite. I was like surprised that A&M had like a really good linebacker. It just didn't really add up. But uh. He's from Covington, Louisiana, so not too far from College Station where they played A&M. Um, spent all four seasons at Texas A&M and had three – his final three years were great. Didn't really play much his freshman year. I think he only played like a dozen snaps or whatever. But uh, 83 tackles, eight sacks, two forced fumbles, and two passes defensed. Um, you know, not a ton of tackles compared to some other guys in this class towards the bottom, but he was great in pursuit. He was really athletic in space being 6'3". Um, he could sink his hips pretty well and change direction, which led to some pretty good, you know, coverage skills, being able to stay with guys, um, that you probably shouldn't be staying with. Uh, he shed blocks pretty well, which was the other big part, you know, as a run defender, uh, he was also explosive and rangy. So, you know, your modern day linebacker with that comes a little slimmer of a frame. Uh, he's not quite as fast on film as you would think, or as at least I looked up his 40 and I think it was like a four or five. And I was like, he didn't really look as fast as that on film. Um, and he wasn't quite as twitchy as I thought he would be. Um, he's not like as instinctive as you want him to be. And the pass rush plan wasn't always there. He did have eight sacks, but that was just really his athleticism in terms of being, you know, having a plan. Um, didn't really consistently see that, but I really, really like him. I think he could be taken in round two. Um, if you know if a team really you know if a team or two really fall in love with him and want to make a push for him at the back end of the round, um, but probably a round three guy, but I think definitely a day two guy, and I really really like him. Yeah, I I like Cooper a lot. He's a guy I would definitely take on day two. Um, most versatile guy in the class, no question. Um, yeah, 
Move them around a lot. At least most versatile and ranked this high. That can do everything well, right? Like I think he did. Hey, listen, ten sacks is really is really solid. Um, threw in another. What's this going to be? Twenty-seven pressures. Like he like he was able to rush not only like play linebacker but also like get after the quarterback well. Whether that was in design blitzes or all, like actually getting rushing snaps off the edge. Yeah, I think he does bring a little more juice to the position that I like from an athletic standpoint. Being at six three two thirty. Um, Again, missed tackle rate being at about 13%, not great. It's not bad. It's kind of in the middle, right? It's kind of okay. That's oh, that's not that's not. It's gonna get better, but it's also not like you know out of this world good. So um, again, solid there, but that's not really. He's not making all of his money as just a like a, a traditional box linebacker. He's moving around a little bit. He's doing a couple different things. So. Um, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head perfectly with him. Um really solid player. He's super versatile. I think you can do a lot of different things with him. You can move him around if you need to. Um I like him and in, in the he's a really good that is a really good blitzer too. Like that's something I liked a lot from him is he looked like he had a natural feel for blitzing and rushing the passer, if that makes sense. Um so I like that a lot. Like you said, monster LSU game, which is always good to have a really good game against a really good offense. Um didn't miss a single tackle in that game either, which is also really nice. Um, uh, that, that's you'd like to see that against against quality offenses, uh, playing your best, rising to the occasion. And, um, yeah, man, that that wraps up the linebackers. I don't want to spend too much time on them. They weren't that fun to watch, I'll be honest. I mm-hmm. was dreading that um, doing it, but it got it done. Whatever. Um, running backs, which unless you have any any closing remarks on, I guess on linebackers for I don't want to keep you from getting anything out, but. No, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, doing, you know, going through all these 11 position groups that we have, um, you know, kind of laid out. Linebackers are early on the list for a reason because we view them as really not really talented, whereas there are guys with a lot of different talents and guys that do certain things really well. It's just there's not really many or, if any, complete linebackers in the class that really are going to make an impact at the next level like we've seen in the past Um with guys that have gone in the first round. Uh, we're not going to have that this year. And I think um, at the end of the day, you're just going to have that with certain position groups. You know, this is an incredible draft class overall, um, but there's going to be some position groups that are just lacking. Tight end was one. Safeties is normally one um, year after year for the most part. And then, you know, off ball linebackers tends to be one more times than not. So it is what it is, but really looking forward to getting to running backs here. Uh, I know we got to different guys. I only got to seven running backs, unfortunately. I was a little bit pressed for time um, in terms of, you know, giving time to give to the, get to these guys this week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a pretty good running back class. Like I said at the top of the episode, it's not last year where we had, you know, two really good running backs and a good running back class. You look at what the running backs bring, and they all offer something different, which I really like. Um but I'll kick it off with my first uh, honorable mention. It is USC's Marshawn Lloyd. Um, it's just really confusing looking at him. Um, you know, when I was thinking of like what to say on him, I think he's a redshirt junior. He is from Delaware and ended up going to USC, which is confusing in itself. He 5'9", 210, so a little bit of a stockier running back, but he's old. He's 23. 
He's going to be 23 and a half when they get to training camp. He spent two seasons at at, uh, South Carolina and then this past year at Southern California. What I did like is that he did improve each season, but I just don't know. I'm pretty sure he went to Damascus, which is like a football academy basically in Maryland. How are you a redshirt junior, but you're 23 and a half? I guess they held him back a couple years or something. But being in college for your fourth year and you're 23 and a half, um, I just thought he would be really good. Um, you know, you look for that in older running backs, especially with the way running backs are generally devalued and um, replaceable. He didn't have a bad year, just really a lack of touches, production. Um, 116 carries, 820 yards, which is 7.1 a carry. Nine rushing touchdowns, and then through the air, he had 13 catches, 232 yards for almost 18 a catch, and no receiving touchdowns. Um, I thought he was good with the blitz pickup and anchoring, and he had quick feet, which helped him with blitz pickup. Uh, He was capable as a receiver with being a pretty smooth athlete. Um, You know, like I said, fairly compact build with some lateral quickness. He was, you know, kind of got the bulk of his yards on swing passes um you know wasn't a great route tree a little hesitant um i think a lack of production and experience overall for how old he is you know it was a big factor that did it for me and in past production his cut block is kind of his go-to not you know squaring up a rusher which is kind of a red flag uh you want guys to be able to match the physicality of a rusher and you know protect your quarterback but probably a round five guy i honestly just don't really know what to think of him, and I knew he wasn't going to be a top five guy pretty early. Yeah, Lloyd was not in my top five either. Um, I watched a lot of Lloyd this year, uh, watching SC games. I thought the numbers got really inflated in the first half of the year. Um, you know, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. I mean, scored a bunch. I guess I shouldn't say his numbers were inflated. He got the bulk of his recognition I thought early in there for quality play um, and maybe his yards per carry didn't think he had phenomenal tape or game play outside of the first kind of few games he had a, I mean he had a really good game against Utah because he got he had 11.7 yards of carry on on seven touches is solid um you know, he gets he gets 27. Uh, 27 snaps and 17 carries against against Notre Dame or sorry against Cal. Um, so not again. Those are those are good volume numbers, but I you know um, I believe he fumbled in both those games more than one. Yeah, fumbled both in both those games. Um, so not a very sure ball handler. Um, I mean, he's solid. He's 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 kind of shifty. I just for being that size for being you know 210 pounds at 5'10, 5'9, but um, generally speaking, wasn't. Um, wasn't blowing me away with explosiveness or twitchiness or vision, yada, yada, yada. So um, Lloyd was a solid player, just, um, you know, not going to be a top five back, I didn't think. Um, pretty clear drop off between what he was doing and the guys that have it, you know, five, four, and so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, uh, I got seven guys as well. Guy, Another guy I got to that was not in my top five. Um, Will Shipley, not in my top five, uh, didn't, he missed it for me. Uh, Clemson lit on him a ton. I'll say that. Like he was clearly a workhorse for them. Um, 5'11", 205, 
basically a three-year starter for them. Uh, came in as a true freshman, was a, a five-star recruit. Um, came in basically right away as, as, as the running back on the team. Um, I wouldn't say the running back, as the primary running back, I should say. Um, carried a load for them offensively as a touchdown scorer in the last couple of years, especially with kind of the, the rocky quarterback play. Um, didn't really score as many this year with five, but the year before, I think he, yeah, he had 15 last year. So um, didn't really think he was that explosive. I was disappointed. Thought he'd be a little more explosive and a little faster, frankly. Um, he wasn't. Uh, he's a solid back. I just don't think he's got any sort of special trait that I go, man, like, yeah, really good at that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my kind of my take on, on Will. Again, I, this is press for time with these guys. I watched him over the last couple of days, and I was kind of getting over being sick. So, um, like, I did not watch it. So, a couple of guys I didn't watch that we talked about it. Um, I don't know a lot of folks like Jalen Wright and Ray Davis, two guys didn't get didn't get to. Oh, sorry, I watched. I got one more out of my top five that I forgot to mention. Um, didn't get to Ray Davis or Jalen Wright though. Two guys I want to get to. Um, I got one more guy I didn't get to. Uh, yeah, go ahead, get to him now because I only got seven. Okay. Uh, Blake Corum, not in my top five. If I needed Blake Corum for one season, he'd be in the top three. Probably be at three. I don't need Blake Corum for a season. I need Blake Corum for a career. So um, I say that because I think Blake Corum's a phenomenal college back. I think Blake Corum is a really, really good person off the field. I would draft Blake Corum deep in my locker room 10 out of 10 times. Don't get me wrong. But let me read off some off some carry numbers for this guy it's 5'8 213 we, I think we all know Blake Corm compact guy not like the crazy fastest guy really good vision really good runner um, hard runner you get the picture almost 700 career carries already he ran for 26 as a true freshman 144 248 last year and then he topped it with 258 this year 258 carries in a single season is a hell of a lot. He already had, let's see, one major knee injury in college. I believe he had a knee injury either early in his career or in high school, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. So two major knee injuries. He's already got a quarter of a century of carries almost. Third, he's got two third. He's got two thirds of a quarter of a century, or sorry, two thirds of a century's carries. Um, almost the three quarter of a century mark. I just, he's not like a crazy missed tackler. He's not like a, he doesn't have a lot of yards after contact. It's very much like he's got really good vision. Don't get me wrong, really good vision, but it's kind of a like, hey, the Michigan offensive line is really good. And Blake's a talented back with vision, but you can be a talented back in college and not be a great pro back. So, like I said, if I need to, if I need to Blake Corum next year just for one season, He's going to have value to a team who's looking to win a ring now that needs, you know, a third running back to throw in the mix. They can cut behind a good running, behind a good offensive line. Don't know if Blake Corm's the guy for a team that needs a running back one or two going, you know, for the law for the five years, right? Three, four, three, four, five years. So um, I love Blake Corum. I'm rooting for the guy in the NFL 100%. He just didn't make my top five because uh, there's a guy I have in my top five who, is clearly a worse running back in college, but I think this guy screams better as a pro. So, um, yeah, Blake Corm didn't make the top five. Did he make yours? 
He did. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so you got Marshawn Lloyd, and you said you didn't get to Ray Davis or Jalen Wright. Correct. And then you got Quorum. I also got Quorum. He was my number four. Okay. And it was really close between four and five for me. And it was really close between two and three for me. That's kind of how I have the tiers right now. Um, with Blake Corn being my four, like you said, it's crazy the amount of volume that he's gotten. And the injury history is really scary. But just to read through, um, another guy from the DMV, um, 5'8", 2'13". So if you haven't seen on film, he's really short. Um, 23 and a half, which is also alarming. Um, just given the volume he's gotten, being that old, uh, just seems like he shouldn't be on a rookie contract. Seems like he should be signing a second contract this offseason. Um, like you said, I'd love to have him for next season. But then after that, I don't really know. He spent all four seasons at Michigan. His best season was last year. His most volume was this year, with, like you said, with 258. He had over 1,200 rush yards, 4.8 a carry, 27 rushing touchdowns, so heavily used you know, inside the red zone. Um, 16 catches, 117 yards, 7.3 a catch, and a touchdown. What led to me put putting him at four over the guy I have at five, which I still could flip, but I just had to make a decision, um, was he, he was a super strong. I mean, he's a bruiser. He was kind of twitchy for how strong he was. A lot of times you see those like bell cows not really be as twitchy, but he had, you know, really good vision and feel for the game. He used his leverage well in blocking, and he was a slippery runner with a high motor and a surprising burst. Um, in terms of weaknesses, like you said, the injury history was big, and I don't know if he could be a bell cow for the duration of his rookie contract. Um, he's pretty good at the point of attack in the blocking game, but didn't always identify the blitzer in time. All his catches were pretty much in short area, and he doesn't run many routes are the main things for me. So you know, round four guy, probably maybe round three, just from his pedigree and experience and, you know, what he did at a really good program. But at the end of the day, it was tough and I ended up putting him at four, but um, let me get to my other guy that I missed that I, that missed my top five, not by much, honestly, between Corum, my five and this guy could have gone either way. Um, it was Ray Davis from Kentucky. Okay. I, I really liked Ray Davis. He's not my guy. I do have a my guy in this class. Ooh, um, I got two. two. I have I have a my guy. I, I say Edron Cooper was my my guy linebacker just because I like always like I've always like loved how he played from what I saw that one time I first saw him. Um, I do have one. He's not Ray Davis, but I do really like Ray Davis. I think he'll be a good pro. But the problem is. He's old as well. He's 24 and a half, um, but he doesn't have the volume and the mileage on his legs that Corum does. He is 5'10", 216 from San Francisco. He spent two seasons at Temple and two seasons at Vanderbilt, and then this past year was at Kentucky. So three years in the SEC, and 2023 was by far his best season. Um, he had just under 200 carries for over 1,100 yards, 5.7 a carry. 14 touchdowns, and then through the air, he was pretty productive. 33 catches, 323 yards, 9.8 a carry or a catch, and then seven receiving touchdowns. So 21 total touchdowns was pretty solid for him, given 
you know, he had a good bit of production through the air and volume. And, um, you know, that Kentucky team was really hot early on, and he was a big reason why, um, you know, his resurgence and him asserting himself as one of the best players on that team. I think they didn't really expect with him coming in from Vanderbilt. But nonetheless, he was a gifted pass catcher with great vision. He was powerful with good acceleration, really durable. Uh, to my knowledge, he has no injury experience, even being almost 25, um, I think, at the end of the year. Um, experienced, I mean, really experienced player, obviously, uh, versatile and just flat out scorer. Um, he doesn't have a second gear that you look for though. He has a good route tree, but he doesn't have that second gear that you like. I think that's in part due to how he runs. Um, you know, he can't really lengthen his strides that effectively being five ten. Um, pass protection was, wasn't great. Um, and he uses power before anything. He needs to kind of diversify his game a little bit more and be able to be more of a finesse rusher, um, more of an agile guy. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Probably around four running back. Um, but I do really like him. I think he he could have, you know, a really good rookie contract on a team where in year two maybe he gets like 700, 800 rush yards. I think he could have a big impact on a team, but I don't think he's a guy his first year. Yeah, Bray Davis, next for me. Um, so your run me real quick. You got Cormit, Cormit four. And then Ray Davis and Marshawn Lloyd outside. Okay. Just making sure I'm I'm, I'm tracking with you. All right. Um, yep. You want to take your number five? You want me to go first with my number five? Uh, You can go ahead. All right. I got uh, – actually, I, I really have three of my like, – okay. I guess I won't take my number one guy as my, my guy in this class. It feels – I don't know. Maybe I will if you're, you don't have one either. But if we both have one, I will take it as like my guy. My four and five are two of like my favorite guys in this whole class. Um, guy, it's tight. It's tight between these two guys. Um, the biggest reason for me having my guy at number four is because he's so much younger than everybody else. Um, maybe that's a bit of a hint to Brett who it is. Um, but it probably is because he's yeah. unreal. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Audric Estime, running back out of Notre Dame, is my number five. He had a he had a phenomenal year for them. Um, 4.27 yards after contact. Uh, no drops this year. Granted, only, you know, 17 receptions, but didn't drop any. 18 rushing touchdowns, 1,341 yards on 209 rushes. Um, so he had a monster year for them this year. Three-year player as a junior. Um, didn't really play much at all in 2021. Got 156 carries last year in 13 games. and then two, Really carried the load for them this year at 209 carries in 12 games. Um, watched, I, got, I got a really good look at him uh, when I watched the Joe Alt tape. And then came back and watched a little more of him. Um, and he's really, really good. Uh, I think he runs the ball really, really hard. I think he has really good vision. Uh, I think he catches the ball well. Um, just given the fact that he didn't, he didn't get a lot of opportunities to catch the ball a lot, but that he caught the ball when he needed to. Um, he had the seventh most 15-yard carries or more, uh, 15, 15 yards or more carries at 22. Uh, 64 missed tackles was good for 18th this year. And then 892 yards after contact was good for ninth. So a really good numbers there from him. Like I said, 4.27 yards after contact is really, really solid. Um, big fan of that. And just generally speaking, a guy who ran hard, liked the way he plays. Um, really hard for me to not put him. Listen, really hard for me to not put him up four. But again, I'm, I'm, I, there, there has to be some projecting here. And I sometimes question how much of it was Audric and how much of it was how good the offensive line was in their name. So 
Um, again, I really love the player. I have a couple questions. And then again, I, you've got, I, as much as I love the kid and how good his numbers and tape were, then with Corum, you've got to do a little projecting here. It can't just be like, oh, this guy had the best, this, these are the best stats. It's all him. Like, he's got to do some projecting. There's some nuance with the level of disparity between talent between some teams, especially like Notre Dame with the teams that they play. You've got to be able to do some delineating between and projecting, right? So, as much as I love Audrey Estime, got him at five. Um, I still would love the back. I would love if he was a Charger, first of all. I need it. Uh, would love to see him in the in powder blue, but again, um, you got to have some realism about where the, where your favorite guys might be in the class. And um, big fan of Estimates, though. Yeah, I liked Estimate as well. I'll get to him real quick. Um, he was my number five guy as well. Um, out of Notre Dame, like you said, from Nyack, New York. Um, I don't know how he ended up at Notre Dame. Uh, I don't know if that was his first offer and he just fell in love or what, but uh, he did spend all three of his seasons at Notre Dame. I believe he was a true junior, um, 5'11", 227, and not even 21. I believe he's 20 and a half right now. So uh, that's that's promising from a running back, being a younger guy who had you know a ton of volume this year, especially early on. Um, an increase in production in 2023, in part due to that increase in volume. Um, however, he still had a crazy year. I mean, he had over 1,300 yards, 6.4 a carry. Uh, 18 touchdowns and then through the area at 17 for a 142, which is 8.4 a catch with no touchdowns. So 18 total touchdowns. Um, he was a workhorse. He had a, you know, I guess like a robust frame, um, old school running back. He can break tackles. He's really patient. He's a forward mover. He doesn't get knocked back. Um, you know, really good contact balance, pass protection. He was solid. You know, one of the few guys in this class where that's the case, uh, and he gets to his top speed quickly. Now, because of that, it's because he doesn't have a second gear, in part due to his short strides, and not really any wasted movement in his strides. Doesn't really, um, you know, stride it out, so to speak, to get that, you know, top speed. Uh, I think, you know, some speed training with him would be great. Um, could improve his vision a little bit. I noticed he was just more of a downhill guy. Didn't really, you know look for cutbacks as often as you would think, uh, just trying to get upfield and then ball security. He did have some fumbles. Like he had more than one this year. I don't know. Um, but I saw one. So I just ball security is always big and sometimes overlooked, especially um, just with, you know, more times than not, the ball's going back to the other team. So that's a big deal. Probably around four guy, but I, I liked him. I think he has potential as a pro, just a ton of work this past year and, you know, put up, a lot of you know great stats when you have 210 carries and 6.4 um a carry that's big time so i did really like him but it'll be interesting to see how he transitions as a pro yeah i think again i think we both i think we covered estimate beautifully that one i didn't cover you covered really nicely and vice versa um yeah guy who guy who turned uh 21 or yeah sorry, sorry turned 20 in in uh was it september i think, I think um so. yeah really good like it's a really good player um curious how you can kind of transition to the pros again I, i've got i've got four and five tiered the same way you do and um, then i got two and two and three to get kind of together then i've got one a little bit ahead of the pack um yep. for me personally um number four brett i see brett has already filled it in we don't so like we don't tell each other who are number one 
through whatever he's going to be. Now, I will die. I will disclose Marvin Harrison Jr., already my number one receiver. I have ranked Marvin Harrison Jr. number one receiver because I already know that's how it's going to be. Right? I'm not going to hide that. We like so also like we already know who our top IOL is. We already have it on our on our on our chart. We both know who it's going to be. It's pretty clear. It's consensus, right? We and we do we will like even erase it before the episode starts. Brett already penciled in when I dropped that little nugget. Penciled in who my four is, and he's correct. It's Braylon Allen out of Washington. Braylon turned 22 days ago. Two days ago. Let me repeat that. Braylon Allen turned 22 days ago on the 20th of January. Braylon Allen, could, he's, first of all, he still can't buy a – he can't still get a beer. He just turned 20. He'll be 20 for the entire NFL season. He reclassified, went to Wisconsin, uh, went reclassified by, reclassified by an entire year, enrolled early at uh, Wisconsin uh, in 2021. Immediately took over as, as a starting running back. believe he saw 185 carries his freshman year, 230 his sophomore year, and 181 this year. Although he got uh, – he doubled his uh, his targets this year um, and his receptions as well. So um, 28 receptions, 131 yards through the air. Uh, and I'll come back to his, his receiving game in a second. Um, so, again, the reverse kind of numbers here, he's got less yards per attempt uh, in 2020 and 2020, 2023 than in 2021. Um, same as last year at 5.4. 3.77 yards after contact is great. Um, I think the first thing you notice about Braylon is he's huge. He's six foot two, 245 pounds. He's every bit of it. Um, he rocks the old school. Well, it's not old school. Well, what used to be a neck roll is now like it's like the butterfly um, you see the linebackers are a lot like the yeah, butterfly yeah. neck brace. He's rocking that. He's rocking zero. I mean, the aesthetic on Braylon Allen, unmatched. No one else matches the aesthetic in this class. Not that I'm scouting based upon that, but nevertheless. Um, th- the thing with Braylon is, I think if you watch Wisconsin for the last three years, they've gotten worse. Like, the team itself has got, like, they've, they, they, I'm shocked they didn't improve under, under Luke Fickle this year. Um, I think the teams – they have not kept pace with the Big Ten teams around them at all. I think the offensive line's gotten worse. They haven't really cranked out a lot of offensive line talent. Um, I think you've seen that in their reflection of their game and, and kind of kind of secondarily you've seen that in Braylon's numbers, right? I don't think he's had – that they've not been nearly as efficient of a player. Um, but, again, he's still a really quality – and, again, he's 20. Um, that's the really big thing to me. Like, he's – Got a lot of room to grow, and I think he screams better pro. I think it's guy, this guy's just gonna think he's going to be a pro. He's going to put it all together and be an absolute stud in the NFL because he's so young and he's already doing really, really good things at this age. Um, my biggest complaint going from year two to year three was he fumbled once last year or in 2022, fumbled four times in 12 games. Um, this year or sorry what is this 11 games yeah four times in 11 games um in 2023 that didn't love that um he didn't have like crazy break i i do think braylon could stand to lose a little bit of, a little bit of, a little bit of weight and do some speed training similarly to estimate i think these guys could both be a little bit faster um and i think they will at the combine braylon's a super 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 strong dude though um gonna be an awesome goal linebacker for a team i think you saw wisconsin they knew he was gone before the season even started. I think they recognized, like, hey, we're going to lessen his carries. We're going to give him some more passing option opportunities. 
Um, I thought he was a good pass blocker. I thought he, I guess I didn't preface to start the episode. In my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, you have to do two, two, two of three things well to be an NFL running back. You've got to run the ball well with good vision. You've got to pass block well. You got to be a good receiver. You got to catch the ball well and kind of run good routes, get in space well, blah, 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 whatever. I think Braylon does two of those things really, really late. He's a great runner. I think he's a great pass blocker. Just naturally, because of his size, he's going to be good. In that third aspect of his game, so that he's developed all three years. And that's something that I think is going to get so much better at the next level when he gets in an NFL locker room and an NFL kind of coaching room and a, and a film room and with guys who are just better receivers than what Wisconsin has at the running back, tight end, receiver position, all of it. He's going to work with, an, like, with, a, with a professional coach who actually throws the ball to running backs a lot more than what Wisconsin did and runs a more developed passing game. And he's going to be a season. I, I just I can see Braylon Allen being a pro bowler in three years, two, three years. That's why I've got him at four. That's why I'm so confident in him. Again, a lot of people aren't going to have him in the top fives, and I recognize that. I am doing a lot of projecting here. But with the kind of the player that Braylon is and the position he was in, I feel like it's necessary to do so. So um, if i got to pick one my guy, it's Braylon Allen. I'm putting my stamp on him. He's going to be an absolute stud in two years' time in the NFL. So I'm all over Braylon. He's my favorite running back in this class, just like of the guys that I love. He's my favorite, um, and I'm, I really hope he he goes to the right the right team with a solid offensive line, just solid, and that with a quarterback they'll give him the ball to the backfield and, and uh, kind of put it on him in nice ways. I think he's doing really really good things in the NFL. I like it. I'm really looking forward to getting to Braylon. Unfortunately, I didn't, um, but I will say he's from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, which is like an hour and a half from Madison where university is a team that could really use him is the green Bay Packers or, or if they let, if they let, if they let AJ Dillon right. walk. Yes. But I think so they, they will say the chargers. The chargers need right, like four right. running backs. They did all of them. All right. I'm going to get to so a that, guy at number one. I think they should take. That would make perfect sense. I just, you know, connect the dots nice and easy right down the road. The Packers drafting Braille now would be great. Um, I did not get to him, but basically, yeah, like you said, he's the youngest in the class. I think that really plays to his favor, but he's averaged like 200 yards in his three years at Wisconsin, um, which he, you know, you can afford because he's so young. But with him in the NFL next year, obviously, he's not going to have as many carries a game, but over five yards a carry with 12 total touchdowns and then still having 28 catches through the air is big. Um, you know, wasn't great through the air, only 4.7 yards of reception, but. I think they'll work on that. That's very coachable, um, like you said, with the speed as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing his development, and I'm looking forward to you know checking him out myself, um, you know, later on here as I missed him. But definitely see your reasoning, um, understand it. Could feel the same. I guess we'll see um, when I get to it. But we each have our top three remaining. Uh, I assume they're the same three guys once again, somewhere to the linebackers. And they might be in the same order, but my guy for the whole class is my number three guy, and it's Bucky Irving from Oregon, out of Chicago, five foot ten, one ninety five. He's still twenty one at the time of the draft. He doesn't turn twenty two till like September. He spent one season at Minnesota, two at Oregon. This past season, they used him a good bit, uh, one hundred and eighty six carries. Almost 1,200 yards, 6.3 a carry, 
with 11 touchdowns and then through the air, 56 catches for 413, 7.4, a catch and two touchdowns. 56 catches is insane for a running back in college. I don't think anyone even eclipsed 40, at least anyone else that I looked at. 50, 56 is crazy, and I think a team that takes him is going to have a plan similar to that for him because he excels so much. Similar to Jameer Gibbs in terms of how he should be used. He's just a flat-out playmaker. Um, elite speed. He's explosive, great vision, decisive. Um, he's an effective receiver that has soft hands with a good route tree. A lot of the times you look for a route tree in a running back, and he has a very um, nuanced and developed route tree. I think outside zone gap, ste- gap schemes are going to be his best, uh, the best fit for him. And he has a clean injury history, which is huge. I thought about putting him at two. I just was back and forth on it. Had to make a decision. Sits here at three. In terms of weaknesses, I guess you could say he's lighter, a little bit smaller of a frame, and isn't as twitchy and, like, you know, doesn't stop as quickly as you would like. But um, pass blocking could use some work. I mean, most guys it could. And then could put on some upper body muscle. I think he's pretty well built. Um, but upper body, I think if he got, you know, a little bit denser, I think that would help him in pass pro. That would help him running between the tackles. That would better diversify his game. But nonetheless, I think he's an NFL-ready running back that blossomed at the right time. And one team is going to be really happy with him. Akira is my number one running back in the class. Uh, he used, to me, was clearly the right, number one running back. Um, he's, uh, he's, like I said, 56 catches is a lot. Um, he's a really, really special pass catcher. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of And that's not even what I like the most about Bucky's game. What I like the most about Bucky's game is it's the elusiveness and the ability to break tackles only being – 195 180 pounds and he looks and he looks smaller than that like he looks tells me he's pretty he tells me he's really really strong he's a lot of muscle mass but he looks to be smaller than 190 he looks like he's like a buck 80 buck yeah. 75 um so if he if he is but 190 i mean it's great i mean it's it tells me he's really really strong which doesn't shock me at all um like one bit i mean 69 missed tackles force of that size is really impressive that's tied for 11th best in the country uh, per PFF 3.9 on yards after contact is also really impressive for him. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and explain elusive rating, but he's got a, a really high elusive rating per PFF too. I'm not gonna, I'm not like scouting off that, but the guy's an absolute stud. Um, really, really good player. And I think the 6.4 yards per carry, 186, 186 carries almost 1200 yards. And then you add on to the fact that he gets 55 receptions and almost 400 receiving yards on top of that is really, really impressive. Um, I think he's just, he, I think he very simply just moves different. Um, and I think there is a guy in this class who runs better than him. Uh, I think he's probably, I, this is who I think your number one is. I'm pretty, I'm predicting. Um, and maybe I'll throw it on the sheet just to, just to kind of get a little, uh, a little mind game going here and, and kind of guess who you're thinking uh at one he's a better runner i just think that in today's modern nfl what bucky does is a pass catcher 
and as a route runner at running back is really, really special. And it's almost required to be like a potential RB one. And I think Bucky can do that. Um, I will say, I know, I, I know I, I said earlier, I, I, I misspoke. I'm four and five. Like you, like you are grouped with my running backs. I've got two, one and two grouped a little closer than I do. Like I think three is a little separate from, from one and two. Um, yeah, I think Bucky's ability to pass catch and kind of squeeze in between blockers was really important to me. So, um, yeah, he was my number one. He's awesome. He's a, he's an absolute stud. Uh, yeah. I won't hit your number one yet. I'm going to go with who my number two is. So I think he's your number two. Okay. Sorry, who my number three is, which is your number three, which is Trey Benson from Florida State. Am I right? Or is he your one? I can't say yet. Can't say yet. We'll get to yeah. Go 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 with Trey. Okay, Trey's my number three. Um, out of Florida State. Let me pull up his numbers now. Now that I'm talking about him. Um, yeah, I knew I knew that was gonna be. My Once guy. you said Bucky was your one, I knew who your two and three were. Okay, so he so okay so this so this guy this guy's your your two. Um, that's my that's my that's my thought. Um. This guy, this doesn't. He's he had a better year last year, I think. I think tape showed it. I think as a as a runner, it was better. He's a better pass catcher this year. Got more, got more volume, got more receptions, more yards. Um, let's see, file first. Let's go with his height and weight. Six one two twenty three. A little more prototypical build. This guy is a redshirt junior, so four year player. Sat out his first year. Um, three and a half yards after contact is, is, uh, is pretty good. Uh, 45 missed tackles for is good for 70th, uh, three drops this year was, was not something I loved to see considering only got 24 targets, but, um, that's also kind of what held them back and was really separated from, from the pack at, at two and at one and two. Um, yeah, but Trey's a good player. Um, good runner. There's nothing that I would say about Trey's game. It's like, oh man, that stands out as really good. If that makes sense. I think I think Trey's a really solid running back. I think he does a lot of things really, really well. I just don't think he does one thing. It's like, man, he's like Bucky Irving. I think catches the ball and is really, really shifty. And that, that that's that's like his thing. The guy that I got at number two, and I think your number one is, he runs different. Like he just I think he totes the rock different than the other guys. As a true runner of the football. I think he totes it different. I just don't think Trey does that. I don't think really I don't I personally think Trey is a difference maker in the ways that other guys might be with a specific thing. So that said, he's a really, really solid all around back. He does, I think he does everything really, really well, or I guess, well, not really, really well, but he does everything well. Um, he's a really big, really big part of Florida State's offense the last two years. Um, ran for 994 last year, ran for 905 this year, a little, little less efficient going from six and a half to eight yards a carry to about 5.8. Um, but again, he did uh, did get let's see what's this nine more targets, eight more receptions, and uh, 227 receiving yards through the air. So uh, 14 touchdowns, which is five more than last year. I'll really lean on him kind of in the back stretch of the year when uh, when Jordan Travis got hurt. So um, kind of carried the load offensively for them with the quarterback situation kind of going the way it did, as we all well know about. So um, yeah, no solid player. I just don't really think he's. Um, a difference maker enough at any in any element of his game to be in the same class as um, Bucky Irving or the guy from 
the Big 12 school. Yeah, so Trey Benson for me is my number two. Yeah. Um, from Greenville, Mississippi. I think – I thought he was pretty good. 6'1", 223 is, you know, a bigger back. Um, he's younger as well. He's 21 and a half right now. He spent one season at Oregon, and then when he left, Bucky Irving arrived. Um, but he – I don't know why he left Oregon. I guess he just didn't get a ton of, you know, attention, ton of touches. But went to Florida State, two seasons at Florida State. Um 156 carries, like you said, 905, 14 touchdowns, 5.8 yards of carry. Through the area, 20 for 227, which is 11.4, and one touchdown. Not great. I mean, good production through the area, but not great. Um, I mean, only 20 catches isn't his fault. Um, they used him a ton on the ground. Um Great long speed when he gets going, I thought, in terms of being a bigger back. Kind of that Derrick Henry feel to where he, you know, once you get going, it's tough to keep up with. It's tough to bring him down. Um, Really good burst. He was strong and balanced with good vision and skilled as a pass catcher. He didn't really have soft hands consistently. Um, You know, skilled as a pass catcher, you get open, uh, you bring the ball in. But in terms of soft hands, he wasn't making, like, finesse catches and – you know, doing anything crazy consistently. There, there were a few drops, I think. Played a little bit stiff, a little upright, um, which is in part due to his bigger frame. Pass protection, I thought, would be a little bit better. And he's another guy with, you know, that doesn't have great injury history, um, which was kind of a big deal. But putting him at two, I just think there's a, you know, when you look at running backs, especially nowadays, there's a combination that you have to have between production and projection. And I think, he has a good mix of both that he had a good bit of production with where you can also project him to be a really good running back. I know at least from, you know, what it sounded like you're relying heavier on projection than production. And I think at the end of the day, um, you know, everyone's entitled to their own, you know, mixture of the two in terms of how they want to evaluate guys. But I really like Trey Benson. I think um, he plays similarly to Derrick Henry. Not obviously saying he's going to be Derrick Henry, but in terms of play styles, in terms of um, how they're used, I think he's very similar in that regard. But really like him a lot, enough to be my number two guy. Leaves us each with one guy left. Uh, your number two, my number one. You got the wrong guy if you think my number one guy um, from the University of Texas is going to be my guy. Um, but I will say, Jonathan Brooks is my number one. Um, he's from Hallettsville, Texas, which... Um, I guess kind of between Houston and San Antonio, um, six foot 207. He's only six months older than Braylon, Braylon Allen. What scares me about him, I guess, first of all, what scares me about him is that of course being, you know, under 21, he was in college for three years, all at Texas. He played multiple positions in high school, played basketball. He tore his ACL this season and the 10th game uh, versus TCU and missed the final four games. So all of his stats were in 10 games, really nine and a half games just to round. But when you have over 1100 rush yards over six a carry in less than 10 games, that's insane. Like, and it's not like they were going against bad teams. Like, yeah, the big 12 is not the best conference, but there weren't 
there were still some good teams in the conference and they played some good teams and for him to ball out like he did after learning from Bijan and Roshan Johnson, I think that really benefited him because without getting all the mileage on your legs, you're getting all the mental reps and all the tips and tricks and, you know, skill development and practice reps with those guys. And I think that was huge. That was in part uh, a reason that I put him at one, even though he hasn't really done anything in college other than this year. I think he, I don't think he'll be ready. Um, I don't know if he'll be ready for preseason. He might, but we'll see. Uh, should be ready for week one, though, nonetheless. 187 carries, which is a ton in nine games. Over 1,100 yards, like I said, over six a carry, 10 rushing touchdowns, and then through the air. He had 25 catches for 286, 11.4 a catch, and one receiving touchdown. So he would have been second in the country or second on my list for running backs in catches if he played a full season. Another guy, like I said, that has injury history. I think he had an injury in high school, too, so that's never good. But um, being younger is, you know, a positive. He has sudden feet, good contact balance for how small he is. Um, you know, six foot two oh seven, you would think he's a little bigger, but he really isn't that big. Um, he's pretty elusive with really good hands. He's good at selling fakes. Um but, yeah, I mean, just one season of production isn't great. And I think in open field, he could be a little bit quicker. Um, he's fast, but in terms of quickness, change of direction, uh, agility, that could be a little bit better. Uh, he just needs overall experience. He needs to, you know, take those reps and develop his game within years and off seasons. And I think he, you really won't get that until year two or three in the pros. And I think where no doubt it was the right move to declare this year for him, I think. It's just I don't know if he's going to be a productive guy day one, whereas Trey Benson, I think, could be really productive day one. And that's when, like I said, mixing production with projection. Bucky Irving, I think, could have the biggest rookie year out of all these guys, but he's my number three because I don't think he projects quite as well in terms of the pro skill sets. I think Jonathan Brooks will be able to better develop those given the speed he is already gifted with. Um in terms of Brooks, I think other than needing experience, what I noticed from the basically the one year he played is that he didn't cut back at the best time when he chose to make a cutback. I think that's just like more tunnel vision in terms of lack of experience. You're just trying to do the best you can, get those yards, and instead of looking at the bigger picture, you know, seeing where the linebackers are flowing and stuff like that, which obviously will develop with time. But I think he's a late round two, um, late round two running back. I think. It's, Obviously depends where other guys are taken in other classes, but I really like him a lot. There's a reason he's my number one. Um, you know, I'll probably get my big board kind of formulated throughout these rankings. But I do I do think he's gonna be productive. Like I said, if I'm picking a guy for rookie year, I'm picking Bucky or Blake. But at the end of the day, I'm looking for the longevity. Longevity wise, it's probably Jonathan, then Bucky, then Trey, and then someone else. I don't know, but um, it is tough to kind of, you know, take those two into account and be able to put a list together thinking about both of them, just trying to do the best that I can. So obviously um, my list is nothing crazy. I think other people will have Jonathan at one. I think people will have Bucky at one. Um, I think Benson probably will be top three for most people. Um but yeah, I mean, everyone's list is going to be different. I'll let you touch on Jonathan, but 
as I wrap my as I wrap up my piece, I just everyone's list is going to be different, and people value different things in different classes and positions and players, and it's what it's what in part makes it fun is that everyone has different rankings, and you know what shocks someone isn't isn't a surprise at all to someone else. So just keep that in mind that no one's list is like the gold standard, and that's what makes the draft so much fun is because every year you see these guys on day three that are balling out. Obviously, Puka Nakua going into a really good system. Ivan Pace, undrafted, really good linebacker for the Vikings. Um, Kobe Turner, Rams also took, has had an incredible year. There's guys all the time on day three that produce. Every season, um, you see rookies that are balling out that were drafted in the fifth or sixth round. You're like, how did that, How did this happen? It's because people were just evaluating based off traits and projection. And at the end of the day, that's all you can do. But it's not um you know resistant to being wrong so that's all it is but i just like putting my list together and i think it's good that we had some different rankings yeah no i i, I think uh on brooks you i think you hit the nail on the head he's he's a really good again runner of the fight he's just a good running back i think you're i think you're right the vision thing which i did notice it feels like he's I don't know if it's patience or if it's seeing cutback lanes that are just kind of it's just an innate ability. I think it does come with time, though. Like It comes with playing the position. Yeah. And he basically sat for, for two seasons and did nothing. I mean, 21 carries as a true freshman, 30 carries last year. Then he gets 187, right? Um, and it probably would have been more like, I mean, probably like pushing 220. Probably would have been like two. 240 maybe because he got 181 carries through one two three four 11 games right and it was most of 11 games so um i think i'll say is he is well the numbers against alabama with um 14 carries 53 yards weren't they're not like gaudy numbers um you know one reception for four yards he also he he did win the starting job in that game because he had he had a couple of nice carries late in the game um you get a 14-yard rush late in the game, scored a touchdown. So um, they had a monster game against Wyoming, and kind of it was his from that point on. Um, and he was starting running back that year. And a uh, fun fact, I actually watched him play a high school playoff game as a senior at Howitzville. Um, they were playing a, another three or four, I think 3A school, um, kind of in the area, uh, in some text area that um, we went and watched the game. It was like a semi-quarterfinal, semi-final game. Um Man amongst boys, very much so. He was so obviously the best player on the field. I was like, yeah, I see why he's going to Texas. He's really good. Um, and then obviously he kind of makes his, his resurgence this year and then come back, comes out and has a really, really nice year. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, he's he's a really good player. He's uh, running back two for me, like I said, for a reason. Uh, running, back for, running back one for you for a reason. Um Got an awesome year for Tech. He was a big part of their success. Uh, I think you see in the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma State game was a, a bloodbath. It was always going to be. Um, but he uh, – I love that PFF gave him a 60 grade because he made – he, he took one snap in the Oklahoma State game when they were in victory formation. Hey, fellas, just don't count it as a snap. It's not that hard. What are we – sorry, that just made me – laugh a little bit um guys what sorry that's stupid um 
No, he's a really good player, and I I really enjoyed watching him this year. Like as a runner, as a pure downhill runner, I thought he was really really solid. That he was pretty elusive, um, six foot, two hundred seven pounds to prototypical build. Um, he's got a bright few. I think his best balls ahead of him too. That's another thing for me. I just small sample size. I like to see for more than a year, which is part of why I had him at two. Also, just not really the pass catcher Bucky was. Um, that's a route runner, that kind of thing, just as a general receiver. So um, overall, really good player, though, like you said. Um, just would like, like we mentioned, love to see it for a little more time. And I think a guy who, like you said, um, should be good to go early on in the year next year, whether it's week one or week two, week three. Kind of depends on the rehab goes. But again, um, best ball certainly have him in the NFL. So wraps up the linebackers episode, linebackers and running backs episode today. Um, probably won't have another long episode like this until we get to like tackles and receivers. Cause we'll have like a lot of guys to watch for those episodes. Um, but that wraps it up. I'll let you, uh, give the preview for next week of who we're doing and uh, we'll get out of here. Yeah. I mean, four, four position groups through two weeks is, you know, a, a lot. lot. And I think, um, obviously slowing it down here as we go from about 15 guys a week to, probably nine, eight or so. Um, but next week we'll have one position group and it's going to be the interior defensive line. So um, a pretty good defensive line class. I think last year, you know, we had, um, you know, Brian Brzee, Kalijah Kansi, who's been incredible this year. This year's a similar class, I think. Um, it's more top heavy, but in terms of number of guys, I think it's pretty similar. Um, but yeah, really, really looking forward to getting that one out to y'all uh next week but before then we will have an episode this week where we recap nfl divisional round preview the conference championship round along with recapping you know pga basketball hockey um anything that's you know new in baseball but thanks for tuning in i know you know it's been a grind this time of year getting episodes out getting content out um enjoy doing it finding time for it um yeah really looking forward to getting into these classes obviously uh, seven position groups left in case you're counting. Um, yeah, an interior de- defensive line is first one up. So looking forward to that. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us on X and Instagram at Cold Seat Podcast. And we'll see you all in a few days. Yeah, we'll see you guys then.